Welcome to Real Talk with Re for mums that want to go from surviving to thriving in motherhood in a neuro-spicy world. We'll be talking about how we can get more organized and minimize stress so that we can avoid burnout, have more quality time with our babies and breathing space in our lives. As a mum of children with autism, we'll be talking about the joys plus the challenges of parenting children on the spectrum. From first noticing the signs of autism through the diagnosis process to strategies to help you and your children stay happy, we're covering it all. As a 40-year-old woman recently diagnosed with ADHD, we'll also be talking about how all too often women and girls are going undiagnosed, why this is a problem, the misconceptions surrounding ADHD, the signs to look out for, and the simple things that we can put in place to make our lives easier. So whether you're a mum or a dad feeling disorganized and over overwhelmed in the fog of parenthood, wondering if you or someone you love may be somewhere on the spectrum or living in a neuro-spicy household, the Real Talk with Re podcast is the place for you. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Re and today we are talking about top tips for when your child is starting school. So my first tip is to visit the school beforehand so that both you and your child know what to expect. You don't necessarily have to wait to be invited to the school. You can call up the head, you can call the school office. And most schools are very accommodating to give you a little private tour or look around. Now, I'm going to assume that you have already chosen a school for your child. It is absolutely okay to call up the school and ask if you can come and have a little look around. There may be some scheduled settling in sessions where you and your child can meet other parents and other children that will be in their class. But don't feel you have to wait for these invitations. Get in touch with the school yourself. You're going to feel so much better when you've met the teacher that they're going to be having, you've seen the classroom environment they're going to be in, when you know which door you're going to have to take them to drop off and pick up. I have children who are neurodiverse, and with children with autism, they do so much better when they are prepared for new situations. So I'm really used to preparing the children for whatever it may be from starting school, going on holidays, anything like that. But what I found with tips for children with autism just generally work really well for all children. All children are going to find it much easier to settle into a new situation if they're that much more prepared. Most schools will probably have pretty decent websites too. You can have a look at the website with your child. Maybe there are some videos. Some schools may even have a YouTube channel. Lots of them have social media accounts where you and your little one can have a look through at all the exciting things that are available for your child to experience during the school time. My next tip is to establish a routine before your child starts school and not waiting until the day. If you've already got school-aged children, chances are you will have an element of routine imposed upon you by current school drop-offs and pickups. However, if this is your first child, then you might be in a very go-with-the-flow kind of state where you can eat when you want and they can nap when they want and that's a really lovely place to be in but the school day does have quite a rigid routine if you are not used to it. So before your child starts school think about which time they're going to need to get up in the morning every day to leave you plenty of time to do a full morning routine, get them fed and dressed in ample time and travelling to school. I have got so many videos on my channel sharing morning routines from over the years. So whether your children are all school age or you've got a baby with you, I'm pretty sure I've got a routine video somewhere on my channel that covers the stage of life that you're in at the moment. So during the school day, they will 
be dropped off at the same time. So therefore, they're going to have to get up at the same time every day. They will have lunch at the same time. They'll be picked up at the same time. If you can find out from the school, it may be on the school website or you can find out by speaking to the school what time exactly they're going to need to be dropped off and picked up when they start, but also what time they will be having lunch. And then you can get them used to doing this at home before they start. Lots of schools offer a snack time as well. And if your child can wait till a certain time in the day to have a snack in school, they can probably do the same at home. Just copying those times that they're going to be doing in school into your home life to get them into the swing of it before they start. My next tip is only important if you ever want to see any of your child's things ever again, and that is label everything. So if you are not fussed about losing it, then fine, don't label it. But your child will lose more items of clothing and things than you could possibly imagine. And a lot of the school stuff is going to look pretty similar, especially if your child is in a school where they use uniform. There's going to be a lot of navy cardigans or grey cardigans or whatever the school colour is, and they're going to all look the same. Your child will not be able to identify their own cardigan. And unless you want to be one of those mums at the end of term having to sift through a giant, very smelly pile of lost property, just labelled everything. I'm not exaggerating here. If you've been around here for a while, you'll know that I am a massive fan of the labels that stick into either the care labels of clothes and then the machine washable after 24 hours or onto lunch boxes and things that go in the dishwasher and they are dishwasher safe after 24 hours. They're from a company called My Name Tags and I have been buying them from them for years and years and years and years. In fact, since long before I actually started my YouTube channel and I've recommended them to everyone who'll listen ever since. So I have actually been gifted some labels from my name tags for this back to school season. Thank you so much to them. And they've actually given me a discount code to share with you. So if you use the link on screen or I'll put a QR code if you're watching on a TV or rather than a device, but there'll be a link on the screen down in the description. And there's always a blog post to go with all of my videos with links to everything that I'm talking about. So if I'm mentioning a product or a video or another blog post or whatever, it's all linked in that one blog post, which will be generally in the first pinned comment and in the description. And that will take you through to everything that you might be looking for. But those name labels, honestly, guys, I put them on everything. I also have some printed out that just say Morgan family and my phone number. And I leave those in things that could be for any of my children. So maybe it's a shared umbrella or even my own coat. I can't even tell you how many times I've almost left my own things behind if we've been to soft play or something. And yeah, let's face it, you know, you've got a lot of children, you've got a lot of stuff with you, stuff can go missing. But back to school, starting school, every cardigan, every jumper, every t-shirt, possibly even pants, because let's face it, and we're going to get to this tip in a minute, when your child's starting school, you need to send in not just clothes, but spare clothes. So that brings us on to our next tip. You're going to need to send in spare clothes for your child, even if they have been toilet trained for absolutely ages. And most schools obviously won't take children unless they are toilet trained. But even children that have been toilet trained for ages and haven't had an accident in absolutely ages may have an accident in the first week or so of school. It's an overwhelming experience. They might not know where the toilets are. They might just be really caught up in playing and having fun. And it's really nothing to worry about. But if they know they've got spares in their bags, then they're not going to freak out as much. And I don't want you to worry about it either. It's just one of those things that happens. If we accept it and prepare for it, it's going to make it easier for everyone. 
and no one's going to stress out. So I would put in anything that from the waist down, they're going to need down to pants, socks, bottoms, that kind of thing. It may even be worth putting in a spare top in case they get absolutely drenched in a water table or whatever it might be and pack that into their school bag and label the spares as well as the stuff that is going to be on them. My next tip is only practical when you don't have to buy branded school stuff. It's a little more tricky if the school are really, really strict on school uniform. And that is wherever possible to buy five sets of everything. So my children's school uniform, I tend to buy either when there is a sale in M&S or somewhere like that, or from the supermarkets. A lot of my stuff, you will have seen George and Asda halls, things like that with supermarket uniform in them. And I buy five sets of everything for my children. Like I said, if you're expected to go to a certain school uniform shop and have everything embroidered, then maybe this is not as practical because it's going to be a bit pricey. But if you're just buying the school uniform from supermarkets, things like that, then it can be really far more affordable than you'd realise. And then having five sets of uniform has multiple benefits. Benefit number one, you can organise it all on the weekend. You can wash everything. You can put it all away on the weekends. I have my children's uniforms sorted into a hanging stacker in their rooms. And I put everything for Monday and Mondays, everything for Tuesday and Tuesdays. Actually, they're now at an age where they can do this themselves. And then the girls, for example, would put in their pants, their socks or their tights, depending on the season, their summer dress in the summer or their pinafore or skirt and t-shirt and then their cardigans. They would all be folded and all put into that slot. So that means that there is minimal stress on a morning. They're not like, where's my this? Where's my that? It's all there. It's done on the weekend. It's a little bit more work on the weekend, but then it is done. And benefit number two is when your children inevitably lose their things. They can't find their top when they're changing from PE. They leave their jumpers and cardigans. You might start off with five cardigans, The chances of making it all the way to the end of the year still having five, slim to none, unfortunately, slim to none. So by buying five of everything, it really will make your life so much easier. If you've watched my back to school stock take videos, which are when I literally go through everything at the beginning of the summer, preparing for September, you'll know I don't buy new uniform, new everything for September. Sometimes things are replaced through the year because they're damaged. Sometimes the children grow before September and then I just replace the uniform as they go. So it's not like you've got to buy it new every single time. And remember, if you've got five of everything, it's going to wear out not so quickly. The other thing to note is that lots of schools will have pre-loved uniform sales where people donate their pre-loved uniform to the school and then the school sell it back on to make a little bit of money. So that's a way to support the school with fundraising and save a little bit of cash on your uniform too. And obviously if you've got multiple children, then some uniform can be passed on to your younger kids. Next thing to do is to prepare your children's uniform. This is especially important if it's brand new. So we've talked about labeling, everything needs to be labeled, but it's worth trying everything on too. And that way you'll know there's not gonna be any labels that are itchy and irritating. This is especially important if your children are neurodiverse and especially sensitive to textures and anything that's itchy and scratchy. You don't want anything on their first day spoiling the day just because something's digging in or you haven't cut out the funny little tag thing. Try it on them. I would suggest pre-washing it so it feels a bit softer. 
and it smells like their other clothes. It's going to make them feel more comfortable. And all these little things as they add up make your child's first day and experience settling into school much more pleasant. So following on, we talked about going to look around the school. I'd highly recommend helping your child know what to expect. So this can be the routine of the day, but also talking to them about what to expect. There might be specific playgroups and things you can attend in the school. Maybe there are school productions coming up. You can go and watch the older children in, Summer Fates, anything like that. One mistake I did make with my third child, my eldest daughter, Bella, is we did a preschool group and she loved it and she was so excited to go to school. But I had failed to mention that when she started school, I wouldn't be staying with her. And she got really upset that I left her there and she just thought I'd be staying in school with her because when I went to school with her before I stayed in school and it just hadn't occurred to me that at three, I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me, but it hadn't occurred to me that she would think of it like that. So with my youngest, we didn't say, oh, we're going to school. When it was the playgroup, we called it school group. And I was very much like, school group, what happens? Mummy stays with you. Big girl school, what happens? Mummy goes and I say, bye-bye, mummy, and I come pick you up at the end. It's just making sure your children know what to expect. There are also lots of things on YouTube that you can get your children to watch, or some TV shows aimed at children. I'm not sure they're on anymore, but I used to show my little ones, Wooly and Tig, the one with the spider, the little girl with a Scottish accent and a spider, and there were lots of sort of social story type things where the little girl went to do things. And there was an episode of that where she went to school. That's probably on YouTube. So I will link that on the, in the blog post below so you can show your children. Topsy and Tim, that was a BBC TV show, have lots of episodes about going to school, things like that as well. And also, do you know what? Peppa Pig has generally got an episode about everything. Going to an airport for the first time, there's an episode on that. Going to the dentist, there's an episode. I'm pretty sure there's one where they start school as well. So you can show your children that just to chat about what the school day is going to be like. It's important to find out the class timetable. And this is not just limited to the times of drop-off, pick-up and snack time, but also what's going to be happening day by day. So which day is PE? Will the PE kit be left in school for the children to change? And lots of schools find it really important for the children to change in school because it encourages independence and that in itself is part of the learning. However, since COVID, a lot of the schools have abandoned this and just asked children to be sent in in PE kit on certain days. So find out things like this. Which day of reading books got to be in? Which day have PE kit got to be sent in or left in? Have they got to have outdoor learning kit? Does it live in school? Does it stay at home? All of these are questions to ask. Chances are within the first week, you'll have letters sent home, which will generally be via email now. Previously, they would be on bits of paper. But if your school is still in a bits of paper kind of system, I'd highly recommend taking photos of all of the letters, saving them into your preferred notes apps. You've got them to refer to. So you've not got bits of paper cluttering up your whole house and you can get all the information you need from your phone by just looking on the letters that you've been sent. Email. Lots of schools are communicating via email now. Make sure that the school has got your up-to-date contact details, both your phone number and your email. Make sure the school email address has been marked as safe or not junk or preferred or whatever your email provider calls it. Probably mark it as a favourite so it can be flagged up because it's really important to read those emails. Sometimes there can be a lot of them, but they generally contain really important information about what will be going on with your child. They'll generally tell you about sports days and days when money's got to be in and all the non-uniforms and all the things that you're going to have to deal with when your child's in school. I'd highly recommend adding your child's school's contact details to your phone, especially the school office number, because if your school is phoning you and your child is in school, 
then possibly it's because they need picking up because they're not well. It's going to need to be an important number in your phone that you're going to want to answer even if you're kind of busy. So make sure that your child's school is added into your phone, prioritize it. So I've got certain filters on my phone, things like do not disturb. So I wouldn't be able to accept calls from friends or family that just want a phone to chat during work hours. However, if the school needed to get in touch, that call would get through because I know it's important and there may be some sort of emergency with my children. Find out if your school has any apps that you're going to need to use and what the logins might be. Now, I'm not talking about spelling and reading apps, although those can be really helpful too. A lot of schools, especially since COVID, are now using apps. We'll be back after a quick break. Are you fed up of feeling crazy, busy and super disorganized all the time? Well, I've got you covered with my new Organized Life Planner, which is here to help you get your life back on track. With a yearly overview, weekly planning, daily planning, task prioritizing, meal planning, birthday planning, weekly reflections, journaling, notes and more, this planner is perfect for busy mums who want to get organized and stay motivated. Get your copy now in digital or printed format and start planning your life today by visiting mummyof4.com forward slash planner or using the link down in the show notes. To communicate with the parents. Some examples would be Seesaw, Google Classroom, Dojo, lots and lots of different ones. Each school seems to be using a different system. It doesn't seem to be terribly uniformed. Let me know in the comments if your school uses an app and what it's called and what they use it for. Generally now, a lot of the communicating with the staff will be done through the app. Apps will be used to send out information to parents, to send out homework. So make sure you've got all of the login details. Again, make sure this is saved somewhere. Save it on your phone, save it on your device, save it in a notes app. You're going to need the login details for this main app to communicate with your child's school. I don't think there are many schools at all that are not using some sort of app these days, but there may be additional login details you'll need too. We're in Wales. My children have Hub, HWB, email accounts where they log in to do various work through the school and sometimes they have to submit homework through there. The children's school also uses reading eggs so we need the reading eggs login and sometimes they're set work on there or expected to do a certain amount of levels as part of the homework but all of these login details it's not enough to just log in once because if your phone updates and boots you out of the app you're going to need to log back in make sure all those details are saved somewhere safe set up a school bag station in your hall by the front door or just somewhere that's going to be easily accessible this can be somewhere to put all of your children's things yet their gym kit their reading books their school bags and it can all live in one place we did this initially in the last house and now we have a school bag station by the front door in this house too and it has been a game changer if you've watched my house tours things like that then we've got a lot of calyx in our home and some people are very negative about that they say it doesn't look good but you know what doesn't look good and definitely looks worse than calyx stuff all over the floor and that's what we used to have before we had this system so you can use whatever you want we just find that ikea calyx is sturdy robust affordable clean and basic and then each child has a box and in the box goes all the things they need. And it's a lot of stuff. It's PE kit, it's outdoor learning kit, it's their bag. When they come home from school, if they've worn a cardigan for two minutes, they're gonna wear it again. They'll pop it in there, but it's all gathered together. And when you find your child's stuff dotted all over the house, you can put it back in the school bag station. So you know exactly where it is, 
for the following morning and there's no panics before school. Now we're gonna talk about dropping off on the first day and this one is a tough one to swallow, it really can be. And that is you're gonna to need to leave the classroom as briskly and cheerfully as possible and most importantly, quickly. Do not be that parent that is hanging around because the more you hang around at drop off, the more likely your child is to get upset. Now this is going not just from experience, but having so many friends who are teachers and saying how much they struggle with when the parents hang around. That is when the children cry. Generally, if you drop off your child and you're like, hey, have a great time. Mummy's back to pick you up later, bye. And off you go. Even if they have a little wobble for a minute, then they will settle very, very quickly. You've got to remember that the staff that are looking after your very young children coming into school, this is not their first time. This is what they do day in, day out. They are used to nurturing babies and, okay, they're not babies, but let's face it, if you're going into school at three or four years old, they're still babies, aren't they? They're used to nurturing these babies into school. I don't know what it's like where you are, but in Wales, or where we are, the children start school either the day or the term after their third birthday for a rising threes nursery, and that's afternoons. Then the school year in which they turn four, they do half day morning nursery, which prepares them for full-time school the school year in which they turn five. I know when I dropped my youngest baby, it was the fourth time doing it, it shouldn't have been difficult, but I dropped her off that first day and I was in bits. But do you know what I did? I smiled and dropped her off and went around the corner to cry. Now, a little bit of a hard thing to swallow, but it's well worth being aware of, is that the second day might be the tough one. The first day, your little one may go into school super excited. I really hope they do. They might be so excited and happy and you might think, do you know what? We might've got away with that. There was no fuss at all, no tears. They've barely been away from me and now they're fine. And I hope that's the case. However, if there's gonna be any issues, it's gonna be day two. Because quite often, when you take your child into school on day two, they're like, no, no, I went to school. We talked about school. I went to school. It was great. I loved it. But I'm not going back. Then when you say, no, darling, you have to go every day, they're a little bit horrified. So day two can be a little bit of a sticking point. And if you are going to have tears, my money's on day two. So just make sure you're kind to yourself, you're patient with your child, and I promise you it will get better. My next tip is to avoid taking your child out of school for the first few weeks wherever possible. Those first few weeks when they start school are so important for settling, making friends, getting used to the routine. So if you need to take your child out of school for whatever it is, dentist appointments, holidays, whatever it might be, try and avoid those first few weeks wherever possible. My next tip is to form a relationship with the school as best you can and as quickly as possible. So if there are any coffee mornings or events that you can get involved with once your child has started, then try and attend them. Get to know your child's teacher, make sure you're attending parents' evenings. And although pick up and drop off time can be quite chaotic times for teachers, if you need to speak to them, I'm sure those teachers will make time to talk to you even if they give you an appointment time to come back to discuss your child's progress. You don't need to wait for a parent's evening to see how your child is doing, especially if you've got concerns. If you drop off your child in the morning and there's been a little bit of a wobble, they're not quite right, make sure you let your child's teacher know. The more openly you can communicate, the easier the whole process is going to be. 
Now, as a parent of children with additional needs, I have formed a really strong bond with my children's school. I've had extra meetings. There's a lot more communication at pick up and drop off about how they've done. They are far more likely to need to tell me what's gone on in the day because perhaps that might impact how our evening will be. But teachers aren't scary. They are there to make sure the children are happy. So keep that nice open dialogue. And if you have the time, volunteer to help out in your children's school if possible. One of the reasons on top of being a parent of children with additional needs that I have got an extra relationship with the school is I have been in to help out with things. So for me, I do filming stuff for a living. I've gone on in to help with filming. So when they weren't allowed to do a proper school concert, I went in and filmed so that the parents could still see it. And that's complied with all the COVID. But by volunteering to go in and help with things like that, I really got to know the staff so much better. And it's really been beneficial for my relationship with the school. And it's made me feel just so happy to know that they're just such wonderful humans looking after my children. The next thing to bring up is homework. Yes, your children may be given homework even when they're very small. Now, speak to your child's teacher about how important this homework is and what the policy is. How long do you have to get it done? If they do have homework, I definitely suggest attempting it sooner rather than later, rather than leaving it to the last minute, because that way, if your child's just not feeling it, you can put it down and go back to it. But also, some schools supply homework because... It's the expected thing to do, yet they don't really want people to do it if it's going to cause stress in the home. So some homework is quite optional. Some homework is, I'm not going to say compulsory, but is encouraged a little more. So definitely speak to your child's teacher and find out which kind of homework philosophy that particular class has. But don't stress over it too much especially when they're little. To be honest, the most important thing that you can do with your child, and I think your child teacher will probably agree with this, is just read with them. The more that you can read with your child, the more that your child can read to you, you can read to them, then the easier your child is going to find it in school. And then I think perhaps the most important thing is to be open-minded. Try not to stress too much about the situation that is coming up. And no, it's not just potentially stressful for your child it's potentially stressful for you too so be kind to yourself let's face it you're going to be going into a new environment standing in a new yard maybe worrying that some of the other parents know each other and you don't know anyone and maybe you feel a little bit like the new kid starting school as well from that point of view and that can be daunting but just be open-minded there'll be lots of other parents in the same situation as you you can join whatsapp groups to stay engaged with the other parents if there's any social media if there are any events you can go along to so you can feel a little bit more settled and part of the gang too. Because let's face it, if your child is starting school and they are three, four, five years old, you're going to be with the same set of parents until your children are 11 and move on to go to secondary school. So it's well worth taking a bit of time to get to know these people, even if it feels a bit daunting and scary to do so. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk with Re. I've got lots more back to school content over on my YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube, type in Mummy of Four UK and it will all be there for you. Speak to you guys soon. Bye.